Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Supertop Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us, too. We can. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Today, we're catching up with one of my favorites, Miss Martha Allen. She is with Extra Table out of Hattiesburg, but covering much of Mississippi and and this is their month, their month of March of Mayors. So welcome back, Martha. Woohoo! Thanks for having me, Rebecca. I appreciate it. We love to share the word on good things. Well, I think this is your second year of March of Mayors. I think we released it last year as well here, and it must have been a success for you guys to bring it back. Absolutely, and you're right. We released it right here live on the radio with you, and we're back to do it again. So Jackson is an incredible community, and all these mayors come together in order to feed our local neighbors. March of the Mayors is a fun concept. We created it on the coast. There was no Mardi Gras and a mayoral election year, you know, so there were mayors that um, stepped up and stood out to help fight hunger, and that's what your Jackson mayors do. We've got Byram, Canton, Gluckstadt, Jackson, Madison, Pearl, Raymond, and Ridgeland all on the team to help fight hunger. And so will March of the Mayors be across the state as well, Martha? I know you mentioned the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Will there be anything in North Mississippi or any of the other areas where the mayors get to go head-to-head? We're building towards North Mississippi and the Delta, but we are in the coast, the Pine Belt, and the Jackson area as of 2023 with 33 mayors over those three regions. So we're really proud of the growth we've had in three years, but we know this is something we want to continue growing. So if any mayors in other parts of the state are driving through Jackson listening to us today, give me a call. We want this program to grow. But right now it's just in the Jackson Metro, the Pine Belt, and on the coast. That's okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's right. Everything ha- has to start somewhere. But every- when you- yeah, when the event's over and you have 4,000 boxes packed, that's pretty major. I was going to say, that is pretty major. And you guys have been growing. So, I mean, I can remember a couple years ago here on Good Things talking about uh, Extra Table. And then, you know, over the years through the pandemic, y'all really had a big boom. So let's remind folks of all the good work you, you do um, across the state of Mississippi. Yeah, at Extra Table, we fundraise in order to purchase food, quality, healthy food for food pantries and soup kitchens. And in 2023, we support 62 food pantries and soup kitchens for free 
food delivered to their doorstep each and every month. So it's it's really, really exciting. And um, this event, March of the Mayors, allows us to really involve a whole lot of volunteers. It allows families to go to the grocery store and talk about Extra Table and how we work. And it allows the mayors to talk about hunger. You know, I know you're passionate about health and fitness and hunger and the thing we have to do is talk about it. And so instead of extra tables screaming it from the mountaintops, we have eight fabulous mayors in the Jackson Metro doing that as well. Well, you've also got your Pine Belt and your Mississippi Gulf Coast mayors listening to good things, too. We are statewide. Martha's going to leave those out. You can get those on board and excited about their competition yeah. and their town as well. Um, Keep me in line, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, that's the, no problem. Uh, but we want the best no, the best mayor. Well, whatever mayor takes part in this is the best mayor that's going to win obviously because it's for a good cause, um, but a fr- little friendly competition never hurt anyone either. But I know when it comes to extra tables specifically, you guys look for very intentional items that you want to be donated. Oftentimes, even with you know good intentions, we may clean out our cabinets or <laughs> you know go to our pantries. And not all the time do we you know pay it forward the things that we would necessarily want to eat because that's why we're paying it forward. So what are the things y'all are looking for, Martha? Yeah, the items that we are looking for in all three regions are one-pound bags of rice, spaghetti noodles, canned soup, canned tuna, peanut butter, but the 16-ounce jars, not the giant jars. They're harder to pack in boxes. Um, Canned corn, canned green beans, canned fruit, granola bars. And each city, each mayor champions a different healthy shelf-stable item. And so we collect All three regions collect until March the 24th, so two weeks. And then on the 28th in Jackson, the 29th in Hattiesburg, and the 30th on the Mississippi Gulf Coast in Gulfport, each of those cities we have a packing day. So those regions come together and pack boxes with one item from each city in it. So it's just so cool how we come together to feed our neighbors in each of our communities. And then last year, you said, Martha, the first out the gate year of doing this, you 4,000 pounds or 4,000 boxes? We had 4,000 boxes, and that's just amazing. And so we look forward to doubling and tripling those numbers this year for sure. And where do those boxes go, Martha? I mean, does Extra Table already send those to food pantries so they go directly to homes or individuals? When you already have kind of like a kit, like a little food kit created, where do those go? Are those a little bit different than you know, having like a box of food or a big shipment? Rebecca, that's a great question. Your good things listeners are going to love that this answer because it's an event like no other. It is a canned food drive, a fundraiser. It's Mississippi's largest food back food box packing party. We've got moon pies and Mardi Gras beads, but there's no VIP table. There's no ticket to participate. You show up, you work the assembly line of our little mini March of the Mayor's factory, and at the end of the line, we've got ladies and gentlemen that are closing the boxes, and as you push it across the table, it goes directly into the back of our food pantry and soup kitchen vans and trucks. So it's really cool to see the food brought in by the cities first thing in the morning where it's collected all over by 33 mayors and then it goes down the assembly line one item in each box and then it you watch it go directly to the food pantries and it's just fun to see from beginning to end and know the impact and these food pantries love the boxes they've got great food in them and 
and they stack well. It's just a good, efficient, and effective way to get some extra food to our pantry partners. How do you help volunteer for the packing party, Martha? Maybe they're listening in one of the three areas, the Gulf Coast, Pine Belt, or here in central Mississippi. Uh, Do you need more volunteers for the packing? Are you looking for youth groups or student volunteers or whatever it may be? Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And you can go to extratable.org. There's a little pop-up. You can click on that, and it'll get you all your information about all three regions. Or you can go to our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and find all that information, too. But we need hundreds of hands out there. So schools, football teams, churches, your office, you know, rotate in the office. Everybody take a lunch break and join us this day from 930 to 12. Um, and pack some boxes. It's just a fun bonding experience. It's a great opportunity for a uh, Bible study or, you know, your neighborhood association to take some time to serve others. And to get familiar with, you know, what's sort of needed or what the organizations are doing in our state in terms of impacting hunger, specifically Extra Table. You guys started off with the one mission and then it's grown into so much uh, more, but you always do so good of a job of explaining why you guys are a little bit different so when someone asks why extra table what did they do different what's usually your elevator pitch martha we fundraise in order to purchase healthy shelf stable food so we've got full control and are in constant contact with our pantries and so we can purchase what they need deliver it directly to their doorstep not only are we thinking about the end user the hungry person our neighbor that's hungry how they'll interact with the food pop tops and tear tops and what other ingredients they might have in their home but we're all also thinking about the volunteers at our food pantries we're rolling it in there and putting it on the shelves and um, we just we are the efficient and effective and the constant answer to fighting hunger in Mississippi. If we want to be a part of March uh, for Mayors, which is finding out your location and what that item is, you listed them all off, Martha. Is there somewhere we can go to see where our drop-off points are or if our mayor's even participating? Yes, please go to extratable.org and you'll click on the pop-up button and it'll give you all the information you need. Who won last year? Which mayor was shined out of the three last year, Martha? Ooh, I don't even go there with the competition, ah. guys and girls. It is too tough. You know, it would be it would be dire. <laughs> so I let them create their own competition, which makes it really fun and special. And we just watch. We just take advantage, I guess, of the competition. So each of the mayors is talking on their own social media platforms and in their own ways to communicate with the citizens in each city and food is a basic human right there's over 670,000 hungry Mississippians so um, coming together in these 33 cities is some powerful impact that we will have together well the winners are the people who receive the food that was 4,000 boxes last year I look forward to hearing the new numbers from this year Martha I'm sure it's going to be a lot more I always enjoy having you on and thank you for your time thank you my friend I appreciate it all right we'll talk soon Bye-bye. All right, y'all stick with us. We've got more for you coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. forget you can watch us we are on computer your mobile device just head on over to supertalktv.com you'll see i got a friend with me in the studio today joining us is miss peggy buckley she was just named women in rotary honoree for 2023 and she represents the rotary club of startville but her and her family have been rooted there in startville community since ooh the 1940s i think miss peggy so i had to get you in while you were in the area to sort of just share your story about community and service and sort of give back to your hometown so first welcome and congratulations thank you thank you very much so you're still getting after it after all of these years in terms of service which i think is inspiring and it's contagious and i think we need to see more people who still love their communities you know I would say later in life or more <laughs> mature in life in that way. Um, but let's go back to the beginning, Miss Peggy. When did you and your family first start to see downtown Startful as sort of an opportunity for entrepreneurship or business? Well, I came, I, I really grew up in Baton Rouge, and I left Baton Rouge and, and came there the last month in 54. And my husband opened up his first business. He was in school, but he wanted first-class merchandise, and his daddy had second-class merchandise. So his daddy says, if you want first-class m- merchandise, open up your own store. And he did. But downtown was, I mean, Starful was small, and the Chamber of Commerce was right across the street, and Mr. T.E. Veach was in charge, and he kind of took me on as a mentor and told me about Startful History, Startful People, the Chamber of Commerce, and from that, he just opened up a door for me to get out and find things to do in the community, and I did. I loved it. And you hadn't stopped. What year <laughs> yeah. was that? Uh, that was 55 when we opened up in, in Startful. We call it Starkvillian, I mean, Starkville. Vegas right now. Start Vegas, from, yes. From Mullins, Coach Mullins, yes. I was going to say, over the last 50 years, Miss Peggy, you've probably really seen Startful evolve. I can't imagine. Even for me, I just visited my alma mater, which was uh, Southern Miss there in Hattiesburg over the weekend. And just from being a student and being you know, removed for 10 years, the city has changed so much. The campus has changed so much. So I can't imagine what it's like watching a city literally from Main Street develop over five decades. Has it been cool? to see highs and lows and everything in between I'm sure it definitely has and when you see the growth that comes outside of the city from which it when I was there it did it wasn't growing at all there was a population of a little over 3,000 and now we're right at 30,000 so yes it has grown and we've got so many subdivisions when I came to Starkville in 1955 there was not a, an apartment in the city of Starkville for anybody wow. to live so uh, people that came to teach didn't have a place to to rent or live. They had to build a house if they wanted to live there. So you and your late husband, Sonny, I think, right. correct, um, has created Mullins Department Store. Am I right. getting it right? How long was Mullins Department Store a fixture of downtown Startville? We were there for 42 years on Main Street. And it was very different then because there was an older family that had started this department store, and they wanted to sell it, and we bought it. And so we, Sonny wanted to build the business up like that. Sonny was very entrepreneurial in that. I bet he owned five 
five or six places before he died because he loved buying a building and, and maybe putting something in it and then selling it. Well, y'all didn't sell that until for at least for several decades, and you really bought into the community and the main street. We talk often here, Miss Peggy, on good things about the good people on our main streets, and then our main street associations, and then the rotaries who sort of buy into that. And you, when you hear the stories, like your family who's been there for you know forty years, it's true. The the people who own those uh, um, businesses really are invested in what's best for the community. That's You've true. seen that firsthand, huh? True. In fact, when when we opened up our store I was the youngest person on Main Street because most people were in their 40s or 50s and it was very interesting because people would look and say look she's young and and that was interesting to me but I loved being in business I really did and I loved it when we bought the department store we opened up a, an East Main Plaza which was a little bit out of town before we we opened up Mullins department store but it was exciting working with the growth of Starkville it it was phenomenal really and you've seen the growth, too, of Mississippi State and all of the campus that sort of have blossomed sort of around. Now, if we're not familiar with Startville as a town, where is Main Street sort of in junction with the campus? Is it several blocks away? Is it sort of adjacent? It's about a mile and a half away if you go straight from Main Street into University. And there are a lot of other ways that you can get there. And they work for for people to get out when they're games and whatnot. And they've put a lot of new roads into Missis- to Mississippi State so that cars can get out faster from the games when they come. So let's talk behind the scenes because, again, deep into the Rotary, I know you're also within the Main Street Association and the other great organizations that work to sort of build Startful up. Why is that, why is why was that so important to you and then still important to you to continue to be doing that when everyone could say you sh- you deserve to retire, Miss Peggy, and, you know, kick your feet up and, <laughs> you know, just enjoy Startful as sort of a, you know, bypasser instead of a cheerleader? I don't think I ever thought about stopping ever, and I never thought about my age being a problem with it. There were so many things that you could do in Starfall for what needed to be done. We lost the Main Street program one time when the city decided not to go into it, but we picked it right back up. That was a great organization for the strength of Starfall. The chamber is excellent. The partnership is what they call it now. But there were so many things in Startful that you could participate in that would help the city. And I loved that. So you probably got a lot of business owners listening to good things. Hopefully they do. Who maybe aren't as uh, invested in service in terms of either Rotary or their partnership or chamber or Main Street. What would you say they're missing out on and being that like extension into their community? Well, I don't, I don't, I, I can't remember people who didn't that. Most people did participate somewhat. Of course, there are always people who don't care for that, but a lot of people did participate in the organizations and in the, the town parts. Because we, uh, I started back the Christmas parade back in the 60s because they had stopped it. And the businesses were really behind me in getting that going again. And they did participate if you ask them. And they were good at participating in whatever was going on, whatever project was going on. We worked hard to get Mississippi State to come back to the Christmas parade because the first year they didn't want to play. And so the next year, I think they came in and that was exciting for us because we really wanted them to come and we were small and we needed another band. And that was great. 
And that Christmas parade has grown over the years. Oh, it has. It really has. (laughs) And so has the downtown and so has just Startville in general. And I think it's just, you know, a picture of so many other town stories, too, which was dedicated entrepreneurs who saw the benefit of being, you know, a storefront there in their community and then invested back in it. And you vested, too, in Rotary of Starkville. I know uh, the Rotary is who just nominated you or honored you as Women in Rotary of 2023. What was it that drew you to the Rotary Club? of Starkville just did it fall in line with everything else that you were already doing well I never really thought the Rotary Club was a men's club to me and I thought that was really just for men but when I was taken into the Rotary Club I was excited about it because there there weren't any I think it was the second year that I went in and there weren't many women in it so we didn't take a foot forward over the men when we first came in but i i worked with a membership in rotary and i loved working with the membership and i worked with it a whole lot and i increased membership to 204 members before the pandemic loved working with membership i really did but i loved working with with the the honors that we had and awards that we gave to other people uh, one of my friends in Rotary and I started Rookie of the Year because we thought we needed to give an award to young people so that they would think we weren't just an old club. But I enjoyed Rotary the way I did. But, but women weren't really pushy when they went on. But they're very active in that club right now. They are. And I think Miss Barber, when she joined us here on Good Things, shared that the the highest leadership in the Rotary right now, International, is the first woman. Am I getting that right. correctly? That's true. Which I think is super exciting. What's next for you, Miss Peggy? I don't know. Right now, uh, I'm at the Claiborne, and I'm working on a, a, a directory for all of our people so that they will know who they are, because they're, they've been, some of them have been there a while, but we've never had a directory, so we're writing little bios about everybody, and we're fixing to put that together, but we're very, I'm very active in, in the Claiborne. I didn't know whether I would like being there, but, uh, I am there now, and I, I've really become interested in doing activities with that. Well, like I said, it's inspiring to see your love of Starkville over the last, even though it's not birth home. I think they call you family by <laughs> yes, now, Miss Peggy. I've would... been there so long. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you, to your family, just sort of vested there in Starkville and your commitment to service. So, again, you know, congratulations and don't ever stop. And what would be like a little nugget of downtown Starkville that nobody might know about? Well, I've always told people about a bridge. We had a railroad track that came across uh, in between Main Street and University Drive, and there was no way you could go straight out to the university. And a railroad, uh, the railroad moved their, their rails from that, and they built a bridge in 1920 for the 1920 World's Fair in Chicago. And this bridge was their exhibit, but they built it to go and make Main Street and University Drive one way. And a lot of people don't really realize that, but after that they brought that one bridge down to Starfield and United Main Street and University Drive for the first time an easy way to go to the university. Well, that's an easy way to go out. Miss Peggy, thank you so much for your time. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Upbeat. Positive and stories that make you smile. This is Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
You know why I know it's going to rain today? I had all intentions of washing my car. Well, let's be honest, going through the car wash for the free vacuum that I get very angry about. But because we've been bumfuzzled where we're like living, I don't have like the setup to actually wash my car in the in the yard. So I've been going to the car wash so I can use the free, the free vacuum. And I thought to myself, man, it would rain today. I still think I may go through it just to be able to vacuum out my car. Have you ever done that? I think I actually have a Christmas present from my younger brother and his wife. Still in the trunk of my car because it's meant for a car. That's a car vacuum that you plug into the cigarette lighter. Oh. So, I mean, I guess you could borrow that. I will trade you that for the car buddy that my mother-in-law caught at a Mardi Gras parade in New Orleans. And you're supposed to plug it into your cigarette lighter and then an elf-like creature in your passenger side of your car inflates automatically and so you're not driving around by yourself or you can leave it in your car as it's the carpool elf it's the carpool elf that you never know that you didn't need and right there to catch there in mardi gras man we've got to wait a whole nother year if only it was like the autopilot from the movie airplane or if you get to choose who your car buddy was, that would be a really, a really good thing. It's also a good thing, too, to make sure you take time to get out and register for the Morgan Wallen tickets. You've probably heard he's coming to Oxford. It will be in April, April 23rd on Sunday. And there's plenty of ways for you to get out and register. You just can go to supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. You'll see a full list of registration locations. But some examples are Weathers Auto Supply in Tupelo, Be Quick in Macomb. you got Waverly Boutique in Columbia. Columbus and many more. It's coming April 23rd to Vault Hemingway Stadium, and it's brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughter Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. As I was thinking of that, uh, Rhino, the car buddy, it makes me think of, and I can't remember the wonderful lady's name, who's, who brought the kangaroo Twix in and how she's teaching him as he grows, which we need to reconnect with her, um, to sit in the back seat because they ha- they make harnesses for uh, animals like that to be able to ride safely and like buckle in because he's going to get pretty tall. Or- oh, yeah. And so now I'm going to have to do this with my eyes because I won't know if I see a kangaroo driving down the road, not not doing the driving being passenger riding down the riding road. down the road <clears throat> whether it'll be is that is that a car buddy or is that a is that really a kangaroo riding shotgun really a kangaroo riding shotgun you know now that i think about it i need to get the car buddy out and sort of give it a give it a whirl and see if it works you wonder if it doesn't work because that's why they threw it out or how did we get this like how do we get here how do we get to where that was something that wound up on a float that wound up being being tossed out and made its way all its way back to Brandon, Mississippi. A little elf car buddy. Strange things get thrown out from floats on, at Mardi Gras parades. Well, that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. That's worth value. It's got like eight bucks or something, you know, on it, which doesn't, that's not a whole lot unless you're starting to think about now we're multiplying that to sort of toss out 
And so that really starts to starts to rack up. But I know Mardi Gras in the past. We should celebrate what is today. And today is National Registered Dietitian Day. Got a whole day just for you. Just for me. For me and all of my colleagues across the state who wake up every day and fight the good fight. They're in your schools. It sounds like there is an infestation. They're in your schools. They're in your hospitals. They're in your... If you have problems with registered dietitians in your home... Uh, but they're in so many different places that you wouldn't even begin to uh, realize. They're in long-term care facilities, cardiac rehab facilities. They're, you know, again, as I mentioned, in your schools. They're in your uh, workplaces and worksite wellness. They're, oh, gosh, they're everywhere sort of in between. And last Monday, Governor Tate Reeves, he signed a proclamation to make March uh, the month of nutrition here in Mississippi, which goes along for March being National uh, Nutrition Month. And it just sort of pays homage to our great profession and all the good work that we do. And it's a good time, too, to give you that friendly reminder of what's the difference between your registered dietitians versus your just nutritionists or your health coaches, your registered dietitians like myself. We have four-year bachelor's or master's degrees in dietetics. We went to school for a really long time. We had 1,200 hours or more of a dietetic internship, which is above our four-level degree. We have to pass a national exam, very much like your nurses and your doctors and your other sort of healthcare professionals. We have to keep up every so many years with um, continuing education or they take that away from us. And so that's to keep us updated on all the things we need to know to make sure we're providing good health care in terms of medical nutrition therapy. You know, and where does this matter? This matters specifically if you are managing or trying to prevent or treat your chronic ailments with food. So if you have diabetes, you should make sure that whoever is giving you advice on how to eat is coming from a, from a credentialed healthcare provider because you can get screwed up pretty quickly. If you are dealing with uh, cardiac disease or hypertension or any form of cancer or other autoimmune or any of those major things and you are trying to treat or prevent through the use of food that is medical nutrition therapy and you deserve to have a practitioner who has a knowledgeable degree not a 12-week online certification to be helping you because even though that individual has the best intentions they don't know all the ins and outs and to catch things so that's that's my plea for for you and to be reminded it's against the law in the state of Mississippi to practice as a registered dietitian if you are not. And so the law is the law. And so it's to protect you as the person so you don't get some bogus advice and then wind up hurt. Well, in your professional opinion as a registered dietitian, what don't would be... Don't bring up the double down again. <laughs> no, no, it, but it's still unhealthy. I'm going to ask the question, what would be the healthiest way to celebrate one of the other national holidays taking place today? today? It's National Peanut Cluster Day. Yes, with a tall glass of milk. That's, you know, you get your good calcium and a little bit of protein from your milk, and then you indulge in your peanut cluster thing. Hey, look, I mean, it's not 
again, our greatest, our profession's greatest uh, superpower is not just creating weight loss. And I think that's gotten lost in the media over the last several years. We've all been fighting so loud to say what's the best way to lose weight. But what I fell in love with the profession of dietetics for is the fact that the, your food and beverage choices, to some degree, can help control, prevent, or treat chronic ailments. And it's fascinating to me how the food and the body sort of work together. And it can be a tool that you can use uh, to sort of create this, uh, you know, uh, healing storm within your life as much as you want to, right? There's all sort of balance in that. And so it goes far beyond just being your thinnest self. It's also about being your most nourished self. And so dietitians have all the knowledge in the world to help you sort of uh, navigate that. And then all the things that come up with food restri- uh, restrictions or um uh, things that people can or can't eat or different diets and phases and stages in their in their um, disease sort of uh, prognosis and they can be there to sort of help make life better and peanut butter clusters makes life better for those that can enjoy them so it's not about good foods bad foods in my opinion it's about using your diet as a tool in your in your overall approach to be your healthiest self and that can look like something different for everybody and so there's no one size fits all for that. And you have two hands, so you should get two of them. And so is that a like is that really is that a millionaire or a turtle? Uh, I think that's when you start getting a little frou frou. I think just the baseline peanut what do you cluster. Frou frou. It's a well, literally. No, it's a peanut cluster. It's a cluster of peanuts held together by the chocolate. When you start adding stuff like caramel or nougat or stuff like that, that's when you get a little more, little more frou frou. <laughs> nougat is such a funny word, <laughs> and it's really hard to make the first few tries, first few times you try it. You feel like someone was actively eating when they came out. Well, what is this? It's a nougat. It's a filling. It's I don't know, like it's a it's a caramely something another, or not even that. It's nougat. It's like the densest form of marshmallow. Right. Which, speaking of dense marshmallows, I had a epiphany. Was it yesterday? It was sometime in the last couple of days. Because I was thinking about people don't tend to like circus peanuts. This all came about because I was at the gas station and I bought one of those dollar bags of circus peanuts. Because every once in a while I just get a hankering for the little peanut-shaped, orange-colored, banana-flavored marshmallows. And I was biting into one and I'm thinking, people hate on these. But this is the same exact consistency as Lucky Charms marshmallows, and people love those. I love the circus peanuts. It took me a minute to figure out what you were talking about, because I don't know if we called them that. Have they always been circus peanuts? That's the name I've always had for them. Oh, I don't know. My granny used to eat them hand over fist all the time. I don't know what she called them, but now that you say that, I'm making the, connecting the dots. All right, you guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
back to good things. Don't forget we're streaming live over at supertalk.fm. Dancing over at supertalk.tv.com. But it's going to end quick. <laughs> but it's, that's, again, that's one of those that you just say it. What, what decade was that from? 70s. The 70s. Yeah, they just knew how to make you want to dance in your seat a little bit more than maybe other decades. It's just you can't. You just stop what you're doing. It's just yes, sir. I'll I boogie shoes. Well, it was the pendulum because I mean, you you go far enough back. It was like dancing's forbidden, and then you go farther back, and it's like dancing's great. And you go farther back, and it's like dancing's only for certain people. Well, dancing is only for certain people, kind of like singing, but at least dancing doesn't make noise like singing does. So you can sort of avoid those that are terrible dancers and just look away. Although it is How kind of like a train How dare you say dancing wreck. doesn't make noise? <laughs> what about all the tap dancers? Oh, I forgot about them. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about them. Uh, well, let's hope that if you committed to purchasing the shoes, you've at least got a little bit of of rhythm rhythm to you. More rhythm than my poor daughter who went to try out for a sixth grade band last night, which I think it's great that they it, it give the kids the opportunity to get immersed in the different instruments. Every school, I think, does it different. Some schools, I think... You're required to do band in the sixth grade. Others open it up to uh, sort of the vast majority, but it's not like mandated that you sort of do it. But if you show any interest, at least in our district, you're in the band for, for sort of sixth grade. And so it's their first time to have electives, too. So it's something new and exciting. But they got to go through with their friends last night and go through all the different stations because for the first for the for a lot of them, this is the first time they've ever held an instrument, seen an instrument, understood the different um, types of instruments. And God bless band directors. God bless band directors because and the parents who had to sit through it last night because they had all the different stations, but it was in the one thing. And so you had the percussion and you had the woodwind and then you had the horns. And then I know I'm missing some of them. There's sort of different variations of, of all of those in there and they had to try them all and they scored them. And so you're like you're standing in these lines, you know, for your kid to go through and have their, you know, 60 to 90 seconds with each sort of instrument and get their score. And you can just imagine the mass sounds that are coming out of, of there's, there's different... a beautiful word for that in the English language. What is that? Cacophony. As I called it something else last night. <laughs> a harsh <laughs> mixture of sounds. Yes, that's exactly um, what it was. And uh, but to watch the kids' little eyes light up, though. When they blew into the trumpet and then it actually made a sound or the flute or, you know, all the kids really loved the tuba. I mean, you give it a, a, a good, you know, hair blow and then it's like. Yeah, the tuba's going to be fun. The tuba's going to be totally fun. And then, you you know, then you get your kids around to the reed instruments. And if your kid is a great reed instrument player, clarinet, oboe, saxophone, forgive me for what I'm about to say. But most parents, when you hear the screeching before they actually cover up the things to make actual music, you're like, dear Jesus, fell that one. Like, let's, we're not bringing home that one. That one's not coming into the house. (laughs) Because until they get, they actually get it down, it's like, oh, Ooh, piercing of the of the thing, but um, the Turners will not be bringing home drums because apparently uh, rhythm it just doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> it didn't fall at all. But it, I don't remember. 
I remember being, I guess, exposed to band, but I don't remember, like, I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember getting the opportunity to try out all the instruments. Did you do that? I don't think that, that opportunity was available. I know that it was a, like band was an, an elective you could take, and if you really wanted to be in band progressing through your school years, the earlier you got in it and as elective, the better chance you had of making the band. Right. But no, I don't think we ever had a, a – if we did, it wasn't to get into band. It was just kind of in music class. You would have – But we had the what? The recorder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the $15 piece of plastic with holes in it that you can learn all the same music. It's just going to be uh, – well, it, it's a joyful noise for some. Right. It's one of those that your parents put you in the backyard and you started calling in squirrels from a couple of streets over or mice that started dancing and lining up for you or small dogs start to run away. But I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's really cool. Um, so I don't know. We'll have to report back on what what instrument sheets between the trumpet or the flute. We'll see what we're doing next year. I'm cool with either. You can be a trumpeter or a flautist. Oh, gosh, I won't be able to say that. <laughs> uh, stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. you get the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Good things for you. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.